following message was delivered at Bible Baptist Church in Dickinson, North Dakota. John 13. Pray for Missy. She's going to be she's getting out of the hospital this morning. There, uh, Laura and Brianna are bringing her home today. So pray for her and for upcoming uh, biopsy or what not biopsy but transplant pray that all goes well with that amen John 13 this morning we'll begin in verse 18 John 13 <clears throat> we'll begin in verse 18 <clears throat> yeah, the Bible says <clears throat> I speak not of you all I know whom I have chosen but that the scripture might be fulfilled he that eateth with me hath lifted up his heel against me. Now I tell you before it come, that when it is come to pass, ye may believe that I am he. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that receiveth whomsoever I send, receiveth me, and he that receiveth me, receiveth him that sent me. When Jesus had thus said, he was troubled in spirit, and testified and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. Then the disciples looked on one another, doubting of whom he spake. Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. Simon Peter therefore beckoned to him that he should ask who it is that should be, uh, who, it, who it should be of uh, who, whom uh, he spake. I didn't get that right either. <laughs> he then lying on Jesus' breast saith unto him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, he it is to whom I shall give a sop. When I have dipped it, and when he had uh, dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. And after the sop, sent, uh, Satan entered into him. Then uh, said Jesus unto him, That thou do, doest quickly. No man at the table knew for what intent he spake this uh, unto him. For some of them thought, uh, because Jesus, Judas had the bag, that Jesus said unto him, Buy those things uh, that we have need of against uh, the feast. Uh, or that he should give something to the poor. He then, having received the sop, went out immediately, and it was night. My main text is, if you will, <clears throat> uh, verse 21, where the Bible says, When Jesus had thus said, he, he was troubled in spirit and testified, saying, Verily, verily, I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. I'd like to begin to talk about this subject this morning, betrayal. Betrayal. Let's pray. And Father in heaven, as we look into thy word this morning, God, thank you for it. And Father, thank you for the admonition of scripture. And Lord, I pray, Father, that we would see how horrific betrayal is. And Father, it's, it has been something that's happened since the beginning of time. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us to see it, to understand it. And God, give us the grace not to be involved in it. Lord, bless your people. Teach us, I pray in Jesus' name. And again here, as we're talking about the subject of betrayal, uh, it's a terrible subject to, to speak of. And uh, the word betray itself means uh, to deliver into the hands of an enemy by treachery or fraud in violation of trust as an officer betrayed this city. If you look with me to Matthew 17, Matthew 17, Christ spoke of his betrayal and the one who would betray him. Matthew 17, verses 22 and 23. Matthew 17, verses 22 and 23. <clears throat> Here the Bible says, And while they abode in Galilee, Jesus said unto them, 
the Son of Man shall be betrayed into the hands of men, and they shall kill him, and the third day he shall be raised again, and they were exceeding sorry. Now this is one of the passages of Scripture that goes with the definition in Webster's 18 and 20, uh, 28 dictionary, how appropriate it is because we are talking about what Christ told his disciples and apostles. And, you know, it had to be so. In order for the gospel to be fulfilled, it had to be so that someone would betray him into the hands of the religious leadership that sought to destroy him, as the Bible teaches us, and we've seen many times, they sought to destroy him, and they did not even realize that in doing that, though they, in one, on one, in one sense, sought to oppose the will of God, they were also, in another sense, fulfilling the will of God and uh, the word of God. So it's important that we, we consider this. You know, Judas' name is a name that lives in infamy, in the sense that when we think of Judas, I think most of us would automatically associate Judas with being a traitor, one who betrayed Christ. You know, it's almost he's on the same par as, well, in, actu in actuality, uh, uh, Benedict Arnold was, uh, was a traitor as well. His name lives on in infamy. He is known as a traitor. But when you look at the life of Benedict Arnold, at least Benedict Arnold from 1775 to 1779 was, was a good a good uh, a major general in the Revolutionary Army. He won many great victories for the cause of the American Revolution. He was moon, uh, wounded numerous times. As they say, wounded. Wounded numerous You know, just, just don't pay any attention to what I'm saying. <laughs> it's one of those days. Uh, but the reality is, is that he was wounded many times in the service of this uh, budding nation. And yet, uh, in 1780 and 81, he uh, was hanging out with a loyalist. And he was, throughout his, the course of his military history, uh, he was kept being passed over for promotion, and he was not treated properly, he felt, uh, by those that were in, in power. The only reason he continued to be a major general is because George Washington uh, kept appealing to him to stay with it, stay with us, and because he was a good general. And yet, after a time of being constantly passed over for being one of the, the, the higher-ranking generals, uh, he finally began to listen to the loyalists, and the loyalists during that time were those that were sympathetic uh, to, to the British. And he married a, a woman uh, 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 who was a loyalist, and then he finally plotted against uh, the American forces, giving out information. He, spent, uh, he wanted 20,000 pounds for it, that was British currency. It's a lot of money. And, uh, and then he also wanted a rank, uh, approval of rank. Well, he betrayed the Revolutionary War. Although it didn't cause us to lose a war, it did cause us some damage. And yet um, he didn't gain much by it. He got some money, and he married a loyalist, went back to England. And in the course of this betrayal, there was a man that had come over from England working with the English forces, that he, in a sense, betrayed as well because he left him behind to be hanged when he might have helped him uh, to, to escape as he escaped to England. He went on to live in infamy, even in England, because when people found out what he had done, they were, they were upset, they were angry at him, and he died in obscurity. I don't think he accomplished what he meant to accomplish. And it's sad, betrayal is never a good thing especially when it comes to betraying our Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord used it 
it was not a right thing to do, and yet God, you know, it's amazing, God can even use the wickedness of man to further his purposes and turn it for God's glory and the good of other people. But as we talk about the subject of betrayal, the first one thing I want to talk about is the prophecy of his betrayal. Verse 18, the Bible says, Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, I'm a... I'm again, I'm in the wrong, I'm in Matthew yet, sorry. John, it's one of those days, John 13 and verse 18. Wake up, <clears throat> John 13 and 18. He says here, I speak, Jesus says, I speak not of you all. I know whom I have chosen, but that the scripture may be fulfilled. He that eateth bread with me hath lifted up his heel against me. So this is prophetic of what the Lord had already said concerning uh, Judas who would betray them. Look at Psalm 41. Psalm 41. It's amazing the things that the Lord had prophesied about and that came to pass. And, uh, you know, sometimes we read the, the words and it says, well, this was done to fulfill whatever. But you know what? The reality was is that's an expression that speaks of the fact that God had prophesied something that was fulfilled even as he prophesies here. In Psalm 41, look at verse 9. Yea, mine own familiar friend in whom I have trusted, uh, which did eat of my bread, hath lifted up his heel against me. But thou, O Lord, be merciful unto me. Raise me up that I may requite them. By this I know that thou favorest me, because mine enemy doth not triumph over me. And as for me, thou uh, be upholdest me in mine integrity, and settest me before thy face forever. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting Amen and amen. So he's talking about prophetically speaking of Judas. Though he's not named, we know uh, that Christ is referring to that prophecy, if you will, in line with Judas. Look with me to Psalm 55. Psalm 55 this morning, looking at verses 20 and 21. Psalm 55, verses 20 and 21. Here the Bible says... <clears throat> He hath put forth his hand against such as be at peace with him. He hath broken his covenant. The words of his mouth were smoother than butter, but, his, but uh, war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet they were drawn as swords. This is speaking in reference again to Judas. I mean, he could not have dwelt among the apostles unless he were a smooth talker. You know? And was, as Christ is speaking of the betrayal, they don't quite understand. As a matter of fact, they were wondering who, who he was speaking of. The, you know, the apostles didn't see Judas as being a traitor or one who would betray Christ. The Lord knew because God knows everything. They didn't quite get it, but there was a prophecy concerning him in John 13 again. John 13. And sometimes, you know, <laughs> have you ever had somebody say, I'm a good judge of character? <laughs> And then those same people get fooled by somebody. You know, I don't like to use that term because there have been times I've been deceived by people. I've been fooled by people. And not been aware of things and aware of way, the way people behave and what have you. You know, but you know what? You'll never fool God. Let's remember this. You'll never fool the Lord. You're dealing with the, the God that sees everything, including our hearts, as they really are. But in John 13 and verse 23... John 13 and 23. Now there was, there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. Simon Peter therefore beckoning to, beckoned to him 
that he should ask who it should be of whom he spake. And he then, lying on Jesus' breast, saith unto him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, He it is uh, to whom I shall give a sop when I have dipped it. And when he had dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. And even doing that, I mean, he, God is identifying to them and for us uh, who the traitor is. And yet even at that, they didn't quite get it. And I think it was important in one sense that they didn't get it because they might have interfered with the plan of God for finally bringing, bringing Christ to the cross of Calvary. But the prophecy of the betrayal is apparent in Scripture. And then we want to talk about the person or persons of betrayal. Uh, if you will, looking back to John 13 and 18, through verse 21, he says, I speak uh, not of you all. They weren't all traitors. There's a potential for anyone to be a traitor or betray someone. He said, I know whom I have chosen, but that the scripture may be fulfilled. Uh, he that eateth with me hath lifted up his heel against me. Now I tell you before it come, that when it has come to pass, you may believe that I am he. Again, because uh, Christ knows the end from the beginning, knows all things. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that receiveth whomsoever I send receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. When Jesus had thus uh, said, he was troubled in spirit and testified and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. Now, you know, folks, the Lord is uh, God, and he isn't surprised by anything, and yet he is affected uh, just sometimes as we are by things like even betrayal. You know, the Bible talks about how the Holy Spirit can be grieved. You know, God is, a, is, is God, and yet, you know, where do you, where do you think we got the whole idea of us having emotions and what have you. We got it from God. God, the Bible says, is angry with the wicked every day. Here we find the Lord is burdened and he's upset at the, at the fact that uh, Judas would betray him. It was, it was upsetting, though he knows what will come from it. You know, the Lord himself understands betrayal and isn't happy with it. He's upset by it. And I think he was even upset that the fact that here Judas was betraying him. Why? Well, let's talk about the betrayal. If you will, look at me to Luke uh, chapter <clears throat> 6. Luke chapter 6. Why? Because he was one of those chosen to be an apostle, chosen by the Lord. And I think on one hand, God shows him. <clears throat> he would be close to the Lord. It was a part of the plan of God. But it also shows us that sometimes even those among us even those among the saints, even those among membership of the church, sometimes even leadership of the church can, be, can find themselves betraying the very cause that they say they stand for. And Luke 6, looking at verse 12, Luke 6, beginning in verse 12, and it came to pass <clears throat> in, the, in those days that he went out in, into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. This is why, because he's about to choose his apostles. And when it was day, he called on them his disciples, and one of the, and of them he chose uh, twelve, whom also he named apostles: Simon, whom he also named Peter, Andrew his brother, James and John, and Philip and Bartholomew, Matthew and Thomas, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon called Zelotes, and Judas the brother of James, and Judas Iscariot, which also was the traitor. So the Lord chose him specifically, on purpose. He was a part of the initial leadership of the church that the Lord would establish in John 6 and 70. John 6 and 70. 
but the Lord also has something to say about him. He's betrayed as, a, as an apostle, by an apostle. In verse 7, Jesus answered them. He says, Have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? He spake of a Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for he it was that should betray him, being one of the twelve. So here's one of the apostles, one of the elite, if you will, one of the, uh, those that were to be leaders within the church who would betray and did betray our Lord Jesus Christ. If you look with me to Acts chapter 20, Acts chapter 20, And look at verse 28, as, as uh, Paul is speaking with the elders of the church at Ephesus. He said, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I cease not to warn every one night and day with tears. He's talking about those who would betray the work of God. The Lord himself would become wolves in the midst of sheep and what have you. But a betrayal, if you will, by an apostle. Secondly, a betrayal by a friend. Again, looking back to John 13. John 13. John 13, and again looking at verse 18. <clears throat> Here the Lord Jesus Christ says something important. He said, I speak not of you all, meaning I'm not, uh, I'm not pointing to all of you as being tra uh, uh, betrayers or, be or traitors. He said, I know whom I have chosen, but that the scripture may be fulfilled. He that eateth bread with me hath lifted up his heel against me. Now this uh, phrase, he that eateth bread with me hath lifted up his heel against me, speaks to the actual friendship that the Lord had with Judas. It was a custom uh, for friends to gather together in an intimate uh, setting sometimes, to eat and fellowship together. And not all uh, of the disciples of the Lord enjoyed this. These apostles did. Judas was one who, is a, who the Lord himself called friend in one place. But the betrayal, I think, was more hurtful to him, as sometimes betrayal can be even to us, when one we call a friend betrays us. And let me help you to understand something. A friend is one who is going to help you to be your best and do that which is right. Not someone who's going to lead you down the wrong path. As a matter of fact, someone who is a friend to you, who uh, leads you in the wrong direction, leads you into sin, has already betrayed you. And it's important that we're careful concerning our friends. And here, the Lord Jesus Christ, he's referring to Judas as one who is his friend. If you look me to 2 Samuel 9, 2 Samuel chapter 9 and verse 11, 2 Samuel chapter 9 and verse 11. <clears throat> As David is seeking to do something good for uh, one of uh, Saul's relatives, particularly uh, uh, his friend Jonathan's relatives, if there were any alive, he could be a blessing to. He finds out that there is a, a man crippled. 
He was, he was crippled from a, a young age, the son of Jonathan, and then called, in verse 9, then the king called Isaiah, Saul's servant, and said unto him, I have, gotten, I have given unto thy master's sons all that pertain to his house. <clears throat> and uh, that's verse 9, I'm sorry. Verse 11, then said Ziba unto the king, according to all that my lord the king hath commanded his servant, so shall thy servant do. And as for Mephibosheth, said the king, he shall eat at my table as one of the king's sons. And the Lord treated uh, Mephibosheth great, with great kindness and care because he was the son of his friend Jonathan. He sought to do him good. He sought to help him and uh, be a blessing to him. He, would, he treated him as a friend, if you will, in Matthew 9. Matthew chapter 9. And beginning in verse 10, Matthew 9. And beginning in verse 10. <clears throat> Here the Bible says, And it came to pass as Jesus sat at meat in the house. Behold, many publicans and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto his disciples, Why eateth your master with publicans and sinners? But when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, They that behold me, not a physician, but they that are sick. But go ye and learn what that meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice. For I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. They were, the religious leadership was angry with Christ because, and finding fault with him because he was extending friendship to sinners. Hey, you know, folks, if we're going to reach people for Christ, we're going to have to try to be friendly to them. Amen. You know, if you're constantly riding somebody's case and, and constantly in their face about everything they're doing wrong and what have you, folks, that's not the way to win anyone. Christ went and sat and ate with sinners. Now understand this. He couldn't have intimate fellowship with them, but he could try to be a friend to them, hoping that in time to come, they would come to trust him as Lord and Savior, come to a place of genuine repentance. And yet, you know, Judas was one who appeared to be a friend, one who appeared to know the Lord, one to appe who appeared and was treated as a friend. Look at me to 2 Samuel 15. 2 Samuel 15. And let's begin in verse, or look at verse 12. <clears throat> and Absalom, now Absalom is in the midst of a rebellion against his father. David is king. He wants to be king. And he was very subtle about it. He was, he was working behind the scenes. He was working under, undercover to bring himself to the throne. And one of the most difficult things about this was in verse 12, and Absalom sent for Ahithophel. Now Ahithophel was a, was a friend and counselor to David, he was a priest, the Gilonite, David's counselor from his city, even from Gilon, Gilo. And while he offered sacrifices, the conspiracy was strong, for the people increased continually with Absalom. You know, it's, it was difficult enough for David to imagine that Absalom was re, was in rebellion, betraying his own uh, father, uh, but then that he had gotten uh, the in the conspiracy one whom David counted as a friend. And later on, David prays and said, overthrow the council of Ahithophel. And God did that. But what a terrible thing when someone whom David looked at and called and treated as a friend then betrayed his 
of friendship, if you will, in Psalm 55 and 12. Psalm 55 and 12. Psalm 55 and verse 12. For it was not an enemy that reproached me, then I could have borne it. Neither was it he that hated me, that did magnify himself against me. Then I, I would have hid myself from him. But it was thou, a man, mine equal, my guide, and mine acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together and walked to the house of God in company. You know, what a terrible thing sometimes when even people who've been members of a good church, members of this church, and, have been, and we've tried to treat them well, they go out sometimes to make themselves our own. They, they, they betray the love we've shown them, tried to give toward them. They betray it by, by becoming uh, slanderers and, and those that criticize what we're trying to do and what have you. And folks, they make themselves our enemies. They betray the love that we've tried to extend to them. You know, it's sad when it happens, but it's happened in the past, and it'll probably happen again. You know why? Because people are sinners, and sometimes, if they're not careful, they'll be caught up as one who is, is a traitor. If you will, Matthew 26, Matthew 26 and 47. <clears throat> Matthew 26 and 47. <clears throat> Here the Bible says, <clears throat> And while he yet spake, lo, Judas, one of the twelve, came, and with him a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now, when, now he that betrayed him gave them a sign, saying, uh, Whomsoever I shall kiss, the same as he, hold him fast. And forthwith he came to Jesus and said, Hail, Master, and kissed him. Now this was not an improper thing or an immoral thing. It was a part of custom. It was a part of showing friendship and what have you to Christ. And yet uh, Judas is betraying his friend with a kiss. Look at verse 50. And Jesus said unto him, Friend, wherefore art thou come? Then they came and laid hands on Jesus and took him. You know, folks, the Lord is upset because of the problem of betrayal uh, from a friend. And Judas, he'd made, he tried to make Judas his friend. He loved Judas, wanted him to be saved, wanted him to be his friend and what have you. And yet he was, and he betrayed, was be, the betrayal was by a friend. Thirdly, betrayal by a family member, if you will. Look at John 13 again. John 13 and 20. John 13 and 20. <clears throat> John 13 and 20. And here the Bible says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that receiveth whomsoever I send receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. Now what he's talking about specifically is the reality that when we, when we receive Christ and the message of Christ, we're saved by the grace of God, and we become a part of the family of God. The Bible says we're all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus in John 1. John 1, look with me there, John 1, beginning in verse 11. John 1, beginning in verse 11. <clears throat> and though he was born king of the Jews, Jesus was, the Jews rejected him, many of them. He came in verse 11, he came unto his own, and his own received him not. 
but as many as received, that received him to them gave you power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God, born again by the Spirit of God, becoming a child of God. And Judas, it, would, it had seemed that he had received Christ as Lord and Savior, was a part of the family of God. In Matthew 7, look with me there, Matthew 7 and 21 Matthew 7 and verse 21. Matthew 7 and looking at verse 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils? And in thy name have done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. I'm sure there are many that would profess that they're children of God. They're, they're, uh, they know the Lord. They love him. They live for him. And yet uh, the Lord says that some of those and many of those will be cast out. Look at uh, Matthew 12. Matthew 12. And looking at verse 46. Matthew 12, looking at verse 46. You know, it's sad that in, uh, in, in, uh, in uh, Germany with the Nazis, many uh, would use friendship as a, as a means to betray their friends uh, to, uh, to the Nazis and then to, to see that they were punished because of it. In the communist countries today, we have people, uh, it, and it continues to be so, that friends are pitted against each other in betrayal so as that, to, to keep the communist government aware of those who are against them as leaders and what have you. And so it is even with family. You know what a terrible thing when someone who is a family member uh, betrays uh, you. And, uh, you know, what if you were just, what if it comes to a place in America? And it's sad. You know, I've seen it said even on, on the job, they have a thing that says, well, you know what, if you see something, you're supposed to speak up for it. I remember having a supervisor that came to me one day, and there was another employee, and he said to me, he says, um, he says, I want you to watch that person, and I want you to come and tell me when you see them doing something wrong. And I looked at him, I said, that's your job. You're their supervisor. You need to be on top of whether they're doing what's right or wrong yourself, not me. I said, I'm not playing that game. I said, I'm an, another employee. You're my supervisor, but you don't have a right to tell me to do that. And I refused to do it because I felt like it was just me being used as someone who would be a snitch or a traitor against other people. And I just balked against that kind of thing. You know, we see it happen in different, in different venues. You know, sometimes family members in these different countries, even during the, uh, the, during the dark ages, when you read some of the accounts of those uh, that were persecuted for Christ, that sometimes they were turned over to the authorities by a family member. It's a sad thing, but look at Matthew 12 and 46. And while he had talked with the people, behold, his mother and his brethren stood without desiring to speak with him. And then uh, one said unto him, Behold, thy mother and thy brethren stand without desiring to speak with thee. But he answered and said unto him what, uh, that told him, Who is my mother and who are my brethren? And he stretched forth his hand toward his disciples and said, Behold my mother and my brethren, whosoever shall do the will of my Father which is in heaven, the same as my brother and sister and mother, even as Matthew 7 said. 
And you know, in the course of doing God's will, as a genuine Christian, though Judas wasn't, we will run across people who are like Judas, who would betray us in our service for the Lord, would betray us and cause trouble for us, sometimes with authorities, as I've mentioned earlier. Look with me to Matthew 10. Matthew chapter 10, the Lord Jesus Christ warned his disciples, Christians, his family concerning these matters. In Matthew chapter 10, let's begin in verse 16. And betrayal takes all kinds of forms. It's sad to me when a wife is betrayed by her husband or a husband is betrayed by his wife in moral issues. Sometimes it happens even in spiritual matters. It's a heartbreak whenever, in whatever way, the betrayal takes a form. In Matthew 10 and verse 16, here our Lord Jesus Christ is giving instruction concerning these matters. He says, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to the councils. They will scourge you in their synagogue. Ye shall be brought uh, before governors and kings for my sake for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, take no thought how or what ye shall speak, for in that uh, for it shall be given you in that same hour what ye shall speak, for it is not ye that speak, but the Spirit of your Father which is, speaketh in you. And the brother shall deliver up brother to death, and the father the child, and the children shall rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth to the end uh, shall be saved. He's talking about family relationships and I'm sure it must have been a crushing blow to so many people during the dark ages when a family member would rise up against them. And, you know, I can't, I can't picture this. I've never experienced it, and I hope I never have to. I, can't ex- I cannot fathom a family member uh, so intent on betraying another family member, you know, maybe for gain or what have you, and, 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 and allowing it to happen and knowing that they could be harmed and even killed by it. You know, during the Spanish Inquisition, it was horrible. People were put to death in such horrible ways and betrayed by family members. It's hard to imagine that kind of thing, and yet the Bible talks about those that will give up their natural affection, if you will, even for their families. Verses 34 uh, to 40, he says here, Think not that I am come to send peace on the earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father, and the daughter against her mother, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and the man's foe shall be they of his own household. He that loveth father and mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me, and he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me, and he that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loseth his life for my sake uh, shall find. He's talking about betrayal and the betrayal by a family member. And sometimes it happens that uh, even young people will, will rebel against their parents, betray them, betray the faith later on, and it's a heartbreak. We're talking about those who are involved in it. He says betrayal by an apostle, betrayal by a friend, betrayal by a family member. And lastly, we want to talk about the power behind betrayal. Again, John 13. John 13, look at verse 25, then lying on Jesus, he then lying on Jesus' breast being the apostle John, 
saith unto him, Lord, who is it? Meaning, who is it that would betray him? Jesus answered, it is, uh, it, it, He it is to whom I shall give a sop when I have dipped. And when he had uh, dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon. And after the sop, Satan entered into him. Then said Jesus unto him, That thou doest do quickly. Folks, the power behind betrayal is satanic power. It's satanic power. It's sad in John 8 and 44. Look there with me, John 8 and 44. You know, those that would betray the truth, those that would betray church members, family members, or what have you, uh, are not doing so because they're right with God or designed to be right with God. And let me say this. There are times when all of us do the wrong thing. And sometimes we speak against one another. We should be careful not to do that. It doesn't mean that everything that a Christian does is right and is not worthy of criticism. But we have to be careful not to find ourselves betraying uh, God's people in the church, God's people at home, what have you. We need to be careful because anybody can get caught up in betrayal. And it is not because the Lord wants them to do that. Betrayal is a work of the power of Satan himself. Now, a genuine Christian cannot be indwelled by the devil. Judas was not a genuine Christian. The Bible says Satan entered into him. Now, John 8 and 44. Year of your father the devil, Jesus said to the religious leadership of the Jews, and the lust of your father he will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speak of the lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. You know, folks, <clears throat> oftentimes when people uh, betray one another, they do it with the instrumentality of a lie. Of a lie. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. The, the devil is the father of lies. And the devil, Satan himself, is not looking to help anyone, but rather to destroy people and destroy relationships. And often he uses the matter of betrayal. They'll, the folks will maybe leave a church or they'll leave a family situation or what have you, and they go out to betray one another. They're not looking to help. They're telling lies, spreading lies. They're harmful. Don't tell me, you know. You know and then some, sometimes people will do that. Say, well, let's pray for them. What? As if that gives legitimacy to, to a lie? someone Genesis 3 Genesis chapter 3 and verse 1 now the, the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made and he said unto the woman yea hath God said you shall not eat of every tree in the garden and the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden. God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Now she was a little, a little confused about some of it here. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day that ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that, it was, that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eye, a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also of her husband with her and did eat. You know what was the devil doing? He was, from the beginning of the creation of God, when God had created man, this didn't happen just after the creation. I think it happened later on, uh, sometime after the creation. I don't know exactly how long, but you know what? 
Satan himself had already led a rebellion, betrayed the Lord in heaven, led a rebellion. Now he's on the earth, striving to lead a rebellion of of man against God. And he accomplished it. Now, Adam and Eve didn't die physically, but I'm going to tell you something. Their relationship with the Lord died. Thanks be to God that there's hope found in, in verse 15 of Genesis 3 for the restoration. In verse 15, I will put enmity between these, talking to the devil and to the woman, between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. He's talking about the virgin-born Son of God, the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who would win a victory over sin and be able to restore and reconcile God to man as the one mediator between God and man. But you know what? There was someone, there was a power at work leading a rebellion in heaven, a rebellion and betrayal on the earth. In Isaiah 14, Isaiah 14, now the devil has some power, no doubt. But it was God-given power. The devil is not more powerful than God. In John 14, let's begin in verse 12. Here the Lord says through the prophet Isaiah, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will send into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. You know, sometimes ambition drives people to betrayal. Sometimes people don't get what they want. Even Benedict Arnold. Ambition was at the heart of driving him to rebel against to uh, rebel against the revolutionary army to betray his country uh, for gain. So it was with Lucifer. And Lucifer says, "I'm going to be God. I'm going to sit on the throne of God." And the, and the devil, he was beautiful. God created him beautiful. He was, uh, if you will, he had music in him and what have you. It doesn't mean that, as I say that, it doesn't mean that all musicians are evil. Just a few. All musicians are not evil. But the problem is, is that he was beautiful. He was musical. I mean, everything about him was, was wonderful until pride be found in him. Because of his pride, he imagined that he could be God. And he betrayed the Lord. The power of betrayal is satanic in Luke 22. Luke 22. Notice I didn't say Joel's name, amen. <laughs> he said, I'm going to get him on that guy. Luke 22 and 47. Here the Bible says, And while he yet spake, behold, a multitude, and he that was called Judas, one of the twelve, went before them and drew near unto Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said unto him, Judas, betrayest thou the Son of Man with a kiss? Uh, when they, they which were about him saw what, what would follow, they said unto him, Lord, shall we smite with the sword? And one of the, one of the servant of the high priest cut, cut off the servant's right ear and what have you. You know, the reality is, is Judas betrayed Christ with a kiss, but again, we know that the power behind it was the devil. 
uh, himself. If you will, Ephesians 6 and 10. Ephesians chapter 6 and uh, verse 10. Sometimes people will invoke the name of God in order to give legitimacy to their betrayal. I'm doing this because the Lord led me to the moment. Betrayal is not uh, found from God. In Ephesians 6 and 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Folks, it is the, uh, the power of darkness here that we're talking about. <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> it's sad, and yet it's true. Look with me to John 3, John chapter 3. And the one in charge of the powers of darkness is the devil himself. In John 3, now you know what, folks? Christians can never be in, in, indwelled by the devil, but we can be influenced by the devil. As a matter of fact, at one point, Jesus was describing what was going to happen to him, and Peter spoke up. He said, Be it far from me, this shall not be unto thee, Lord. And the Lord looked at him and said, Get thee behind me, Satan. He looked at Peter and said that he addressed the power that was moving and influencing Peter at that time, and it was the power of the devil. But in John 3, John 3, and uh, beginning in verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth in him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation that light is coming to the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds are evil. For every one that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh the light, lest his deeds should be, uh, be reproved. But he that doeth uh, truth cometh the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. Folks, men love darkness. And the one in charge of the darkness of this world is the devil himself. And those that give in to betrayal are giving in to Satan, and even Christians, if we're not careful, we can betray the Lord and betray God's people because we've been influenced by some satanic force or someone, if you will, under the control of the devil. You know, don't imagine for a minute that as a Christian you can't be deceived and fall into the trap of being becoming one who would betray those who are living uh, for the Lord, and it's sad to imagine that anyone uh, that close to Christ could have become one who would betray Christ. It, I think it, it affected the heart of God. I think he was upset by it. You know, folks, because he had invested his heart and his life in a man that he wanted to be his friend. He'd invested his heart and his life in the, heart, in, in the life of a man he wanted to be a family member. One of his children, one of his friends, brother, it's sad sometimes that it does happen. It's not God's plan. But sometimes, folks, the devil can even influence Christians, genuine Christians, in an, in an act of betrayal against the Lord and other of God's people. Amen? Let it not be so among any of us. Amen? As if we're genuine Christians, we ought to love the Lord. We 
love each other, look out for one another, seeking for their good, amen, seeking to help them, never to betray them for the cause of Christ with them. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about this message, or if you would like information about our church, please visit us online at bbcdickinson.com. Thank you.